Welcome to part two of HealthSystemCIO.com's panel discussion on women in IT leadership. In this segment, four CIOs talk about their mentoring strategies, how they work to pull women out of the comfort zone, and why it's essential to make time for networking. This is Jane. I think it's our responsibility to mentor. Um, in order for a woman to succeed, I believe she needs to be strong and flexible and sometimes those attributes are not always inborn and um, you can step aside and work with someone and show them that they can, they can do it and, and give them the confidence. I think a lot of times women seem to be more kind and gentler and collaborative but not necessarily assertive and provide that wow that if um, give some direction and uh, support that they uh, somehow get that strength to uh, be able to prove themselves. And um, I think the, the women have, um, you know, been successful with someone um, behind them. Um, and I, I, I think that's true of men also. Um, but I, I think we as women in uh, IT leadership uh, have that responsibility. This is Bobby. I'm struck by the, how, you know, similar these comments are to my own experience that we've become mentors because we've had great mentors. Right. Um, I, like Jane's organization, have a, have a female CEO and an executive staff that's about 50-50. Uh, uh, men and women in the balance is, is really excellent. And I have learned from these mentors that you can be a strong leader and still want to chit-chat about your kids from time to time or, you know, maybe even um, a pair of cute shoes you bought. I mean, these are all okay things to do in, uh, you know, in an executive, <laughs> executive position. Um, I definitely tend to mentor young women more than young men, and I notice a big difference in doing that. I feel like with, because, you know, you only mentor people that you identify as having real talent and potential. So it's not, mm -hmm. you know, you're not mentoring the slackers. So you take sort of the best of your junior people. And I find with the young men, I toss them the football, I give them something, and they run with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I do the same for the young women, and I toss them the football, and then I have to give them a little kick in the pants. And then maybe I have to go around the front and pull them down the hallway a little bit and be like, you know, you can do this. Like it definitely takes, on the whole, and there's a lot of individual variation, but it definitely takes more, um, you know, more pushing. And I had a, a recent experience with a young woman who I had been in a mentoring relationship for um, around a year and a half, and she had, and I, and I really thought she was ready for for sort of the next step, she ha was going back to school to get her master's, which I thought was excellent, um, and she had just moved in with her boyfriend. And she said, you know, I can't, I can't do any more. That, that's all I can do. And I said, you know what, you really can do more. If you get in and it gets to be a little bit too much, then we'll talk about how to work through some of these problems. But she was cutting herself off because she was afraid that it was going to be too much to do, as opposed to saying... Um, you know, having that confidence to say, I, I really can do it, um, and then working through the, the natural implications. I mean, if, if our young women are always working in their comfort zone, then they're not going to reach their full potential. And it's easier for me to explain that to the men than it is, than it is to the women, at least, you know, on the whole. This is really, really interesting stuff, and I can attest that um, – I had a manager who called me into her office at one point and said, I want to hear you more in our meetings. Speak mm -hmm. up. And mm -hmm. it, it was a game changer. I, I don't think I've stopped talking since then, but it, it was just such a boost of confidence. These things really make a difference. 
I absolutely agree with what's being said. At the same time, the last example, I've said that to men who work for me. I need to hear from you. <laughs> Don't hold back yeah. <laughs> in yep. the meeting. So um, that can be gender-based at times, and it can be um, personality and, and, you know, other reasons. Well, it also depends, too, on how thirsty the individual is for growth. And uh, uh, once you remove that barrier for the timidity that they they do politely, either because of the cultural uh, home environment from which they come or uh, whether they are, you know, transplants to uh, a geography that they're less familiar with. But once you you take that wrapper off, in my experience, I don't know that I would say that I've had men and or women uh, be unable to, to unleash themselves once they realize that this is what, the direction that they really want to go. And I think it's, some of that is gender-based. Um, if you think about at least when I grew up, you know, sports was really big for men and not for women necessarily, and I think that's changed. But you know, if you, you're on a competitive sport, you learn how to lead and how to work as a team and um, dominate, and you build those, those qualities that sometimes I think women did that aren't nurtured at home or have had that environment um, just come from a different perspective and, and need more of the push than the male skill. And I believe that there are definitely differences in sexes, and, but not necessarily across the board. But I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it's in the upbringing and um, what they know and what they're comfortable with. Now let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, things like networking. The study that I referenced before found that many women still feel excluded from informal networks. And, you know, these are some of the things we hear about, like golf outings, where I know many women do play golf, but things that seem to be a little bit more targeted towards men. And I, I wanted to see if you, if you all still run into things like that, and if so, how you deal with it. I think that one of the things that we're beginning to see in our larger cities in particular are women professional groups getting together because there are fewer formalized mechanisms for them to have a buddy outside of work. We, you know, we're so mm-hmm. busy in the work that we do that we look for those professional organizations that talk about the things that are important to us for our own career growth or how do we reach out and leverage through networking the people that can help us with our day-to-day uh, financial investments, uh, hairstylists, and things that you just don't have time to, to be able to think about, or how do we network so that we can be aligned and associated with boards. I'm finding in the last three cities that I've been in over the last 10 years that this is a, a growing commodity, and it's very important for us to be enriched, but then how do we take that down a notch? And so the idea of uh, the golf outing city organization, and I happen to be in a female-driven uh, uh, leadership organization as well with our CEO and all of our presidents of our hospitals uh, being female, um, as well as marketing and some of our other uh, core services. Uh, but how do we, how do we uh, leverage those opportunities so that we can begin inviting uh, those that we are nurturing into that same environment? Uh, to get the, the look, the feel, and the acumen for uh, that to be important for them as well. So this is Bobby. I, I find it interesting. Um and maybe it's just because of where I am in my life. I have three teenagers at home, and my husband is fantastic, but I don't want to go out to dinner. I, I 
I really don't. I will do I will do business dinners, of course, but I really would much rather go home and and be with my family. And that that tends to be more uh, a traditional female maybe behavior. But certainly there are men in our organization who do the same thing. So I find that. Uh, I need to rearrange things and do the, you know, the breakfasts and the lunches in order to do some of these networking opportunities and then pick the dinners and the, the late evening um, activities based on the benefit. Because to me, you know, there's really a cost. I'd much rather, um, I'd much rather be with my, with my family. Um, I also think that women tend to, and I am also guilty of this, is I say I don't have time for that networking relationship type activity because I have too much work to do, um, instead of saying, well, really the networking and relationship types activities are really probably some of the most important work that I can do, not only uh, for myself personally my career, but also to advance the mission and the vision of my organization and to, you know, to sort of tell our story of, of the kind of work that we do. That doesn't seem like work to women, and so we say, well, I, I just am too busy. And, and I think that's something that we really have to guard against. That's a great point. I think that goes back to divisions of labor and how you're treating uh, your employment and, and, you know, all your responsibilities elsewhere. Um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.